you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and questions today. It's good to be back with you. I was away on a quick family vacation uh, just to get away and uh, end out the year uh, restfully, prepare for the new year restfully. And we had that week here at the church where we closed the, the offices all week. And now it's good to be back, a full week being back, anticipating what God wants to do in 2018 and ready to serve him faithfully. We've got a lot going on in our church family, I'm sure as you do as well. Uh, just open doors and, and opportunities and a fresh new uh, year that that we have to, to look forward to with a clean slate. And I think that word anticipation, I know a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people, they approach a brand new year with the uh, with the, the thought of God giving them a word, like a single word or a phrase that will be the theme of the next year. Uh, if you have a, a word or a theme, if that's the kind of thing that you do, why don't you call us today and share it with us and share maybe some past words and themes and how God worked them out. Uh, the number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, or you can text it at 720-336-0897. Uh, maybe you have a word or a scripture that, that God has given you that will be the theme of 2018, or you also had, you know, I want to hear if you had 2017, 16, what, what your word, if, if, you're, if that's what you do, what were the words uh, that God gave you, and how did it work out? You know, how did it? How was it lived out? Uh, that's one of the things we can talk about today. And of course, we can take your calls and questions. We uh, love to open the Bible together and look for Bible answers uh, to questions. Uh, we're not a show on you know to argue or uh, to debate. It's not that kind of show. Those other radio stations and other hosts that do that, we're not doing that. Uh, but we can talk about the things of the Lord. We can open the scriptures. We can pray together. We can seek God's will together. Uh, and that's what Calvary Live is all about. And it is live here. Uh, it originates at Grace FM, radio station outreach of Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, and Grace FM is basically two full power stations, one in Loveland that reaches all the metro area and up into Wyoming and such. And the other one's down just outside of Colorado Springs, uh, and together, we are broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And Grace FM is originates from uh, Calvary Chapel in Aurora. And then we're also, Calvary Live is broadcast on the Hope FM network, many more stations than Grace FM. Uh, this is the one-year anniversary of Calvary Live being on Hope FM. It's hard to believe that that, that has happened so quickly. Uh, but one year has passed, so welcome, you guys. It was just a year ago that I was welcoming the Hope FM listening audience to our family here. So thanks for being with us for a year, 
And you can call in. You don't hear the show live. You hear it one week delayed. Uh, but it's like live, so it doesn't really matter. And if you call while the show's airing, you're gonna get you're gonna be on live, and then you'll just hear it on the air one week later, which is kind of cool. And and so call us if you're in Maryland or Pennsylvania or New Jersey. And uh, I just got word that I'm gonna be in New Jersey again for the this year's Bridge Fest. Uh, that's my second year. That's there's another Calvary up uh, in New Jersey that has a radio station called The Bridge, and they do a big outreach. And and fortunately, uh, I was invited to return and be a part of what is going on through the Bridge Fest. So I get to be out in New Jersey again and uh, just so encouraged to serve the Lord. It's amazing what he allows us to be a part of. 303-690-3000. We're going to go right to the phone lines here in line one. Raleigh is calling from Denver, Colorado. Raleigh, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, so my question for you is uh, my wife and I are wrapping up some estate planning-related uh, stuff, and you get down to that point where you're talking about living will and advanced directives, that type of stuff, and uh, yes. just being a Christian family, we're wondering if there was maybe some perspective that you could share as to, uh, you know, uh, guidance, biblical guidance on, uh, you know, pull the plug type, uh, type situations. Yeah, there, there actually is, uh, this, this wasn't something that, that I was very knowledgeable about or, or really even had much of a a biblical opinion about until my son went into a coma. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately my son did not write down his wishes. Uh, he spoke his wishes but he didn't write them down on these advanced directives. And so now in, uh, in premarital, I'm telling these young couples, write these things down. Uh, you know, at a young age, you don't just need a will. You need these right. advanced directives because uh, when there's disagreement, uh, like there was with my son, uh, and, and one party is unable to make decisions and the other party makes decisions that are different than what were shared, it causes a lot of strife and a lot of right. difficulty. So the fact that you're doing it is so important because uh, you want to write it down and you want you, you, you want to write it down in such a way that you would be talking. Uh, if you had the ability to talk, you would be talking to the people that are at your bedside. And, right. you know, I think the, 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 the believer, um, the believer speaks of, uh, you know, the, the one that has faith in Jesus Christ, first of all, values life. Uh, it's not an issue of quality of life. It's life itself, and right. and and actually the 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 decision toward life will make you filling out that paperwork very easy, uh, or make it easier. I should say not very easy, but it'll make it easier. Uh, and I don't think it's an unbiblical thing to request uh, artificial life support not to be used. Um, right. I, I think that artificial life support can be used in such a way to stabilize. Um, but to to say, if I get to this point, it is okay if you remove the artificial uh, art, the the artificial life support equipment and allow my right. body to do whatever is natural with it. Um, that's a, that's that's not a bad uh, decision. Neither do I think it's an unbiblical decision. Um, but mm-hmm. when you when you're when when you start to choose the pathway where life is not valued. Because now right. the way the world starts to talk is quality of life. 
And, right, right, and right. so it's two, there's two paths to that. There's the quality of life of the person that's alive. And yep. then there's the perceived quality of life of people that are going to take care of them. Uh, and, yeah. and I just think that's all rubbish. I think it's ridiculous to think that, well, you know, the quality of life is going to be different. So we're just going to let them go. I mean, th- yeah. that's no, no, that's, yeah. that's going to, that would be, that, that, that would be a hard thing to develop biblically, this idea of quality of life. Right. So, so the idea of valuing life, giving, uh, giving what God has provided as a best chance for success. Yes. And yes. then, um, at some point kind of saying, let, let my body just function on its own. Um, but really about a best efforts mentality, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that when Marie and I, um, because now you know we we also are doing what you're doing. When Marie and I yep. got to that place in our own for for the sake of our kids and for everyone knowing if anything tragic happened to us, we, yep. where one simple phrase covered all of our decisions, and that was choose life. Got it. Got choose it. life. Well, that, but don't misunderstand well, that the idea. Don't misunderstand the idea that removing artificial life support is is. N- in my biblical opinion, not a decision against life. Got it. So, Got it. Okay. you know, because the the machines are the machines are really used to extend life in order to bring stability and see if the medical community can bring about some kind of uh, you know healing Im- immediately. But um, right. that decision, when the decision was made to remove our son off of life support, it, we thought it was a good decision. Uh, it was the subsequent decisions after that that. Uh, great that really did not uh, would line up with what his desires would be right well i think this is what i was hoping for um i love everything you do and show and all the encouragement you provide and uh um thanks for answering the question yeah that's a great question i'm glad you brought it up because people listening in uh, not only and and let me just speak on a some personal yeah. uh, s- some personal things too my mom and dad passed away recently my dad first, and then my mom a couple years ago, and all they had was a will. And it took me two years and many thousands of dollars to probate that will in in yeah. California. Uh, and yeah. what you're doing in developing your estate right now, which is you know it's probably a little pricey, but you're going to save your family so much heartache and time, and uh, just by spending a little bit of time with an estate planning attorney. And and people think that that's just for people with a lot of stuff. It's not. It's for people with yeah. any stuff. Because right. the, the, my parents were uh, my parents were not very wealthy. Um, they didn't have a lot of stuff at all. Uh, but what stuff they did do, man! It took me over two years and trip after trip and and thousands of dollars to go through the court system. Where when you spend a little bit of money up front, you really bless your your kids, your grandkids down the road by putting in writing while you're thinking straight. And they don't have to probate yeah. it or anything. So I, I mean, I'm not giving an advertisement for attorneys or anything. But man, what a good decision you're making. Well, it's oh man, I think we lost you. Yeah. But um, sorry, man. I think we lost you. But thanks for calling. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go right on to line number two is Chris in Denver. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I guess uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the program, my theme uh, for 2018 is, uh, is this not the fast that I have chosen? 
to lift the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Um, And then it goes on to say, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. So um, by just sharing that, that's my things to do uh, for uh, 2018, you know, every day. It's uh, to, to do that scripture and um and i find that it's true you know then your light shall dawn and uh you know in uh, your darkness shall become as a noonday it's true it's it's happening in my life every day you know that i i, I choose to take away those um those uh, bonds of wickedness and and help people yes. other people do those and then you know uh share what i have with others uh extend my soul to the hungry and satisfy people that are going through hard times and the afflicted soul whether it's the homeless on the street bringing people into my house, um, you know, that are uh, going through hard times, ministering to them, um, you know, and, and not hiding myself uh, and saying, oh, I can't do those things, but actually doing those things and living that scripture. And so um, I'm looking forward to where it's going to take me in this year. Man, that's really good. That's really good. What, did you have one last year? Uh, n- n- well, I have lots of them, but that's the one for this year. You know, uh, okay. you know. That's I was just curious how last year's might have played out. Uh, yeah, well, last year's um, was uh, you know the, the 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 commission, you know, yes. uh, of of going out and um, doing doing that. And I was driving by a nursing home last year, and um, the Lord told me to go there. You know, He said you're going to be preaching on Sunday, and I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I. Uh, um, Went in and said, go in on a Tuesday night and play piano. And so I went in on a Tuesday night and played piano. And there happened to be a lady that uh, went to my church whose husband was in the, an Alzheimer's unit there. And she said, Chris, we, you had to come in on Sunday because we don't got anybody to preach the gospel on Sunday. And so I asked the activities director, and he met me there on Sunday. And it's, uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. You know, oh, faithful that's fantastic. Tuesday night. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it's a place where... They're coming and going. You know, this is their yes. last stop in life. And so it's uh, an honor and a privilege to, uh, to go minister mm-hmm. to them, lay hands on with them, and experience the presence of the Lord together to restore hope and um, to uh, uh, lift up their spirits and uh, uh, speak the promises of God to them, you know, in and, and their last days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what it does to even those that the disease processes of ours taken hold of their mind uh, and they can't speak is the presence of the Lord. Their spirit is poured out into them and the presence of the Lord is thick as I go around and I make sure it's a part of the ministry of hold their hands and pray with each one before I even start. And then at the end of the sermon, I go around and, and pray and hold their hands with each one and God shows up. It's wow. uh, His glory <clears throat> is there every time. It's beautiful. Oh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that, brother. Okay. Well, God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. And, uh, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Fountain, Colorado. Uh, Stevens on the line. Steven, welcome to the program. Hello. <coughs> Hello. Um, so mine's the, the for the year, like, word thing or whatever. Um, yes. 
it's not exactly, it wasn't specifically for this year, but more so in general. Um, and I kind of attached it to this year because it's well, the new year. So, um, yeah, so I was talking with God because I was getting frustrated with like how my life was going and that my relationship with him wasn't doing so well. And I'm like, oh, God, how do I get close to you? How do I, the, this or that and this? And then um, he kind of brings to mind back when I first was a Christian and I would spend hours upon hours reading the Bible and hours upon hours of praying. And um, I should have looked up the scripture. Um, but wherever it says... Um, uh, to repent and then do the things that you had done beforehand. Yes. I don't remember. It's somewhere in Revelation. I don't remember where. Yeah, it's, it's Revelation um, 2, I think, the church of Ephesus. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Whichever one that one was. Um, but it was it was just, you know, do the things that you had done before. Yes. That's pretty much the thing. And already in like the last week that I have been doing that, spending extra time where I would normally spend it watching like Netflix or something like that. Um, I would spend that extra time in prayer or reading his word, which most oftentimes it's reading his word because it's super cool. Um, and already I've learned monumental things, not only for like cool things about scripture, but also application stuff as well. And it's like really yeah. cool. <clears throat> That's a good one. Yeah. That's really good. I like that. Yeah, it's Revelation, by the way, just for the sake of people listening, Revelation uh, 2, uh, where he says in verse 4, Jesus is speaking, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, else I come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yep, that was the scripture. <laughs> yep, awesome. Revelation two, chapter 2. Thanks, bro. Yeah, absolutely. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number here on Calvary Live. It works here and around the country. doesn't matter where you are. You can call in, uh, 303-690-3000. Uh, we're going to move on, and we're going to take a caller from yesterday. Uh, and Jeremy, he was calling from Kiowa, Colorado, and he was. we were talking about the spiritual gifts right at the end of the show yesterday. So, Jeremy, welcome back to the program. Thank you, bro. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well today. Thank you. You know, I took a trip to uh, Elizabeth yesterday, or uh, not yesterday, Tuesday. Oh, really? And it's way out there. <laughs> you know, it's not but that bad. But Kiowa's farther. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Only only seven minutes, so it's not that bad. Are you a farmer? No, sir. Okay. No, sir. Um uh, I actually make scientific instruments out of glass for uh, for money. <laughs> do you do it out there, or do you have to drive into the city? No, I come into Parker. Okay. Yeah, so it's not that bad of a drive, and I've attended uh, CCBC over in Cavalry, Cass Rock, uh, for the past okay. couple of years. And, Good. Um, so quite familiar. As a matter of fact, I've even got a chance to come visit you guys the last time Ken Ham was through. Oh, good. He'll be again. He's coming again in August. Oh, wow. That's that's awesome. Yeah, we we yeah. just I was just looking at the calendar for the year and we have him booked uh we you have to book him 2 years in advance. And so oh, I was wow. looking at the calendar and thinking, "Oh, he's coming out in August." And uh so yeah, we'll bring it be bringing him back to Denver uh in in August of this year. Well, one of the beauties of the visit that we have is uh I keep trying to pressure my mother-in-law to come visit you. She she lives right down the street from the uh, the church location. So we Oh, she should you, come. 
I actually come to your side of town every once in a while. <laughs> oh, cool! Wow, I was so I was out there. I was thinking we have a fam- we have a lot of families that come in from Kiowa, and one family in particular are um, sunflower seed farmers. They do a lot of stuff, but they do uh, sunflower oh, wow. seeds. And, okay. And so I've only been to Kiowa once. I was I was uh, I was one of our staff, or actually two of our staff live in Elizabeth. Uh, my assistant and her husband, one of the assistant pastors, and he and so I I went out to meet them, and uh, they. The uh, the sign says a rural surprise. Oh like, yeah, that's yeah. new. That's uh, that's a new thing. It's it's pretty interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah a it's a rural I'm, surprise, all right. But it's cool. I, I love I love all the different places. Uh, I'm not really a small town guy. I'm more of a city guy. But uh, it was great. At any rate, I digress. Let's talk about <laughs> spiritual. Uh, let's talk about spiritual gifts and and let's just start over for the sake of the audience that's listening today. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I was looking into, uh, as, I, as I spoke to you yesterday, was uh, hoping to try to, to arrange a concise version of the uh, outstanding, yes. I believe, Spirit-led teachings on the spiritual gifts that you have through the archives of your, I don't remember if I found it through the app, my phone, online, one way or the other is how I found it, uh-huh. yeah. and um, went through it uh, several years ago, and then it seems like there's an updated version. I had a little bit of trouble with it. And I uh, was hoping to find out if you had a, a shorter version as I help other people um, identify their spiritual gifts and help get them plugged into ministries. And um, we kind of left off with, not yet, at least, uh, by you guys, but the recommendation, which uh, I already had in mind, as I, as I asked you, was to go back through them, take careful notes, um, try to develop myself. And we left off with the hope of today discussing and maybe playing out a little bit, a little bit more of the application that I'm hoping to use it for. Yeah, I think the I, thinking through too how how we use them here is is we want people to listen to them for two reasons. Uh, one is to dis- discover their own gift, and then two is they're listening to them in the entirety. They're going to be more sensitive in seeing the gifts in other people, and 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 just taking it in. And receiving it, and then the notes that that you can develop would be kind of like your your cliff's notes, where you're you're putting together the things that really resonate with you. You're putting together the the real the attributes that you see in people, and then the place that spiritual gifts are discovered for the believer is really the local congregation. It's it's the place where they can be tested out. Uh, so you you find the 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 gift of mercy is is one where it's a real service like the brother that called right before you uh him god leading him to go into a convalescent home uh you know the right. the, the convalescent ministry really does require in someone a gift of mercy uh and those, there's seven primary giftings that everyone has at least one but most believers have more than one and and i think that the 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 opportunity of of taking the notes uh, and you know growing through the the, the work together um, is is very beneficial and it's going to last far outlast even um, the time that's been put into it. But yeah, we haven't we haven't put together anything in writing uh, at, here at our church. We just tell people to listen to them, uh, and usually before they get to the third or fourth one, the Holy Spirit shows them what gifts they are, and then then they know where to plug in. We have a ministry guide actually here where we we with the different ministries that we have, we, we jotted down to them what spiritual gifts really fit those ministries. Oh, that would, that would be super helpful too. Yeah. One of the, one of the ideas I had, and I don't mean to, to step on any toes, but I, I didn't know if there was a way to download each one of those, but if, 
if there was a way to kind of maybe get somebody pointed in the right direction, because um, I would be happy to give all credit where credit's due, of course, but sure. uh, then have somebody go, okay, well, it really sounds to me like you're you're a little bit more of a of a teacher, and so listen to this and tell me what you think instead of because I believe if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken, teaching was the third or the fourth in the series. And so by that time, they could be seven, eight hours in just to, to approach teaching. And I surely appreciate it, but I believe that uh, my strongest gift is teaching. And in that, um, taking in knowledge and spending time with that is, is, is by no means a drudgery to me. Uh, right. I, I thoroughly enjoy it because, uh, there's, uh, the, as I listened to him lately, there was also the worship music, the opportunity to to hear uh, all of the excerpts and, and additional points and, and everything that it was involved in a total sermon as opposed to a lesson, if you will. And um, so I, I thoroughly appreciated it, but I wondered if uh, people with less patience than myself might could benefit from a <laughs> little bit I think that the MP3 path. versions, yeah, you can download them. Yeah, the MP3 versions, are everything's posted, and so everything's downloadable. And the okay. MP3 versions of the studies don't include the whole service. It's just the study and... Uh, and so I I really appreciate these the various ideas because that's what the body of Christ is and and however you you know you put a hammer in someone's hand uh, and someone's going to use it to build a house and someone's going to use it to pull out a nail and whatever however you put it in your hand and I say use it as the Lord leads and let the glory go to Him and the kingdom be built and and so I think if you go to our website you can download the MP3s directly from there. Okay, and that would be better done through like a, a home computer than trying to do that on something mobile. Yes, right? yeah, because then you can, yeah, you can download them uh, on the app, but they stay within the app. And I think we even did um, our bookstores being remodeled right now, uh, and we're changing things up there. But we have these little thumb drives uh, that have the spiritual gift teachings on them as well, uh, and they're already downloaded, Ooh. and the video and the audio are on there. And um, so I know we have the, I know we developed those, and we just got some new ones. We just re. We did the artwork on them, and and you could call the office and find out how to get it. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, what are the typical hours that I could call over there? Uh, just, we're, we're open work hours, so 9 to 5. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, I would love to. Uh, are those for sale? or? They are for sale. I don't know. The bookstore being all changed and everything, I don't think we really thought through what we're going to do um, because... Uh, it's a pretty big project what we want to do, but we'll figure it out. You can call my assistant. She's not in today, but just call the office. Talk to my assistant, Cassandra, and she'll figure something out to help you. Okay. Yeah, that'll be awesome because if I'm not in town I'd, anytime soon, I'd love to have one mailed out for me. That'd be great. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for calling back. God bless yeah, you, man. Absolutely. You too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Coming up on the mid mid uh, midway of the show already. I just can't believe how fast... Uh, these shows go, and uh, we're coming up on the midway. This is Calvary Live. And hey, 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 pastors, leaders, pastors and assistant pastors, we've got a breakfast coming up January 26th. We're flying in Pastor Wayne Taylor, who has been serving Jesus Christ faithfully at Calvary Fellowship for 30-plus years. He's going to come out and teach teach us a Bible study, hold a Q&A, and just encourage us as pastors. And we're going we're gonna to provide for you a free breakfast, and this is not a Calvary Chapel thing. Uh, so don't think, well, if I'm not Calvary Chapel, if you're a Baptist pastor, you're EV Free, you're Nazarene, uh, Vineyard, uh, whatever. We're not, we're, we're not looking, uh, we're not, we're, it's, this isn't exclusive to one little denomination or non-denomination. It's open to every pastor and, and assistant pastor in our fine area here, wherever you hear me. 
uh, you can come and be a part of this. It's going to be Friday, the 26th of January. Uh, in, in the way to, to, to get the link for RSVP is email us at info at calvaryroar.org. You're listening. You know, most people are listening that go to a church. Tell your pastors. Tell them that Ed Taylor and Grace FM and Calvary Roar want to bless them, want to feed them, encourage them. I want to remind you guys that you're not alone in this city, uh, that you're not serving alone, that you're not doing this on your own, that we're not in competition with you. We're complimenting your ministry. Uh, you know, whether you're a large church or a small church, we love you and want to serve you. We want you to come and be uplifted and encouraged, and you get to be served. January 26th, email us, info at Calvary Aurora. You hear the music? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and I am the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver for you East Coasters. And we had service last night, Wednesday night. We came out after service, and there was snow and ice on our cars. Where is that coming from? It was the winter. Winter should not bring snow. Just, I mean, even cold is okay, but not snow and ice. I couldn't even roll my windows down. It was so cold. And we were out talking in the parking lot, and and it was freezing cold. And um, so, at any rate... You didn't listen. You didn't tune into Grace FM to hear that. You tuned in to talk about the things of the Lord. And when I think of snow, I think of the scripture that says that just like the the snow is white, the Lord's cleansed us of our sins through faith in Jesus. <laughs> That's better. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go back to the phone lines. And I I have. Edgar in New Jersey. Edgar, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. What's up? Um, I just wanted to know um, if there's a possibility, and uh, I want to refer to Matthew 27, 25, where it says, All the people answered his blood is on us and on our children. Uh-huh. If they realized that they were also, uh, you know, blessing themselves. No, that that's not what the that's not what they're saying in that passage. Okay. Yeah, he's they're 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 just based that phrase in Matthew twenty seven twenty five that phrase his blood be upon us and our children uh, was we'll take the blame for this. Right, and we, the reason, we are making a bad decision. The reason, yeah, the reason I uh <clears throat> I say that is because um uh, you know his his original children were uh you know the the Israelites and um through Abraham and you know how how they say uh let a can't father cover us with your with your blood and protect us with your blood and uh you know we drink the wine and and the bread and um when I read this passage, um, 
you know, God loves his children. And, and what I thought was, you know, when, when they said that it wasn't, it wasn't a curse, but a blessing. No, it's not a blessing at all. You know, and, that, and here's how we handle that. Uh, because I can see, I can see the point that you're making. It's just not the, it's not the biblical text. It's not the teaching. So what we have to do is we have to take the context of what's being said, where it's being said, and how it's being said. And and once we once we're able to take the context and get the interpretation of the verse, then we can make the application. And and so this particular phrase, in no way do they have the atonement in mind. In no way are they are they processing in their minds that instead of taking the murderer and crucifying him, they're going to take the innocent man and crucify him. They're, they're not asking for that in any way reflective of the work of God, the blessing of God, the love of God. They're in no way affirming that he's the Lamb of God that takes away all the sins. They're not talking in a spiritual sense at all. They're, they're talking very practically, and they're saying, um, you know, because it says Pilate's washing his hands of this. You know, he's saying, I'm innocent of this blood of this person. I'm innocent of this travesty. I'm innocent of this uh, this horrific um, turn of events that the innocent man's going to die. And they're saying, "Well, and it, okay, Pilate, you know, because they're trying to convince him, you know, okay, Pilate, you you can be innocent. We'll take the we'll take his blood upon ourselves." There, there's in no way whatsoever this passage has any in any indication whatsoever that they're talking spiritually or blessing or they're not calling blessing upon themselves. Um, they're they're taking responsibility for his death, right? But but do you see where I uh, where I got the that point from? Oh, I do see it, but it's wrong. Like you, okay. even though you got that point, that point isn't valid. Okay, it's not. It's not. It's actually in. in it it doesn't fit the text at all. And all that's right. why you've got to you've got to start with the text. And then once the text speaks, then you can make the application. Now, okay. I can't. I can say this though, because you're not far. You're not far in your thinking. And one of the things that you could do with this verse, after you've defined it properly, like I just did, one of the things you could say is it's interesting. Is they're taking responsibility for his blood? That the irony of this is that his blood would be provided to forgive them if they repent of their sins. Right. So okay. so you're not far, but the idea that they're calling blessing upon themselves just isn't accurate. But they're not far from that. Right. They just they're spiritually blinded at this point, so they don't there's no, you know, and that's where the advantage of you and I, when we're reading the scriptures, we see the big picture. They're living it real time. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just mad, and they just want him dead, and it became a mob mentality. Okay. All right. Thank you for that clarification. Thanks for the. I mean, that's a great. It's a great question and a and a great insight that that you're working through. I I just want to make sure because it sounds like you're very. Uh, you you have a very keen sense of observation, and you can see things and develop thoughts in your mind as it relates to the Bible. and And I would just recommend you pick up a, a simple book that will help you um, understand how to study the Scriptures. It's called "How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It" by Pastor Skip Heitzig. It'll help you a lot. Yes. Okay. 
it'll help you a lot because like I said, you're not far. You've got a good mind wrestling with the text. Although I have to say, it also sounds a little bit like the name it and claim it health in, you know, the prosperity gospel mindset. Uh, I don't know if that's the kind of church you attend, but that sounds like the prosperity gospel where, you know, they don't, don't even realize they're proclaiming blessing upon themselves when, you know, they're really not. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the only, the only reason I, uh, it was a, it was a thought because again, um, Pilates, you know, he was a Gentile, of course. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest reasons that Jesus came to die is not, not only to, you know, wash us away from our sins, but also to save all of us as, um, as one, you know, not just his chosen people, because he made the covenant with Abraham. Sure. And once he made that yep. covenant, uh, and you confess with your mouth, you become a seed of Abraham too. Yes, you get grafted in. So, so then let me let me say this then. Now that, that we're thinking through this together, um, there's two words that are that are kind of fancy words, but there's two words that are really relevant when it comes to to Bible study and interpret it, interpreting the scriptures that are relevant to our discussion. And tell me if you've heard them before. The first one is called eisegesis, and the second word is called is is exegesis. Have you ever heard those words before? I have not. Okay, let me explain them very simply. Eisegesis, I think it's E-I-S-E-G-E-S-I-S or something like that. Um, but uh, if you email me, I can give you some info on it. But let me, let me explain them to you. And that's the difference of our discussion. Eisegesis is when we come up with an idea and we read it into the text. And exegesis is where the text gives us the idea. Does that make sense? Yeah. So... So if I wrote, I wrote. Let's let's say I wrote my girlfriend a letter. Let's say my wife. I've been married to her twenty eight years. So let's say twenty nine years ago, uh, I wrote her. We were writing letters back then. This wasn't text messaging like today. We wrote letters. So I wrote her a letter, and I like her so much, and I say I love you very much, and you're the best, and I can't wait for her letter to come back. And and she said, and she writes back, and I'm so excited. I go to the mailbox, I pull the letter out, and I start to read it, and and she says, uh, dear Ed. Uh, thank you so much for writing the, the letter to me, uh, but please don't ever write to me again. And and so I read that because I'm so in love with her and I like her and I read that and go, oh, look, she thanked me for the letter. Uh, and she says, don't write me a letter again. So she's just telling me not to write her the same letter again, but I'm going to write her a letter every week from, from now and because she says she doesn't want me to write the, the, the kind of letter I already wrote. And you see that I would be reading into the letter because... She's not asking me to keep writing to her. She's told me very plainly, don't ever write to me again. And, and so if I let the letter speak to me, then I would never write her a letter again. But if I try to take it and, and read into it and try to put together my ideas and say, oh, she's just saying don't write to me a, the same letter or whatever it might be, then I'm reading into it and that's not what she meant. So when you get something like a letter or you're reading the Bible, we want to read it for what it means. And, right. and you could, as you were developing your thought, you can see at other pieces where the truth, the, the truth comes through of grafting in and the seed of Abraham and God's heart for the Gentiles, but you won't be able to take that truth and apply it to that particular verse because that particular ber- verse doesn't say that. Right. So you you can still make the truth, but you got and it, it's 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 a form as you continue to grow in understanding the scriptures. It's just a form of handling the word of God correctly because you're saying a lot of truth, but.
But then when you say, well, does this first mean that? We have to first figure out what did they mean in the moment, and then it'll tell me if it fit some of the other thoughts that I bring in from other parts of the Scripture. Okay. Pick up that book. It'll be a great—you're ready for it. You're ready for that introduction on what's called inductive Bible study. And again, that was uh, how to study the Bible and enjoy it. What was the yes, author? The p- Skip, S-K-I-P, and his last name is Heitzig. H-E-I-T-Z-I-G. He might even be on Hope FM. Hope FM? Okay. Yeah, you're listening on Hope FM, right? Yep. Yep, so I think he might be a Bible teacher on this program. He's a he's a pastor of a very large church in Albuquerque. Cool. Yeah, um, like I said, uh, the, uh, I'm, I've been studying the Bible for quite a while now, but uh, through this recent testimony that I had, like... Um, my eyes started opening more, and this is, I know I didn't want to just, like, say, oh, this this is what it meant. I just, uh, you know, I just wanted yeah. to verify it. I thought it was a great question. I mean, it's very, very helpful. It was good. Good discussion. I think a lot of people learned some stuff. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. God bless you, bro. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Let's go on to line number, I think. Line number one is Liz calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Liz, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Hi. Um, I'm I have great. two questions and a prayer request. Okay, let's jump on the questions. <laughs> All right, um, first question. I was in a situation just now. In Baltimore, there are a lot of homeless people. I mean, there's a lot of homeless people in many cities. And, you know, I, I find that when I, I know that God's Word says to take care of others, um, though I can't, like, quote specifically where. I know that I've read that many times about taking care of your brother, sister, family, like in the church and those who don't have. But I don't know how to uh, be, behave, like, biblically uh, around giving um, to those who are less fortunate. Um, my heart goes out to everyone I see. And I feel like the homeless in Baltimore typically, like, stand um, on the, like, middle of the streetways. And so when you drive by, you you might get something out the window. Or, um, you know, sometimes, like, uh, I came from the grocery store on one occasion and someone asked me to give them money. I told them I wouldn't give them money, but then um, I did decide to buy them food. I don't know necessarily what to do or how to handle or, you know, if I'm... Because I guess my concern is, you know, I give and then it be taken advantage of, and I would prefer that it not being. But I also know that, I guess, it doesn't feel right. Like, once the money leaves my hands, it's not my obligation to be concerned necessarily where it goes. But at the same time, I don't want to be a bad stewardess and just, like, take what I have and throw it away to someone who's going to use it in a way that's not really good for them. So, I don't know, what, what, do you have any experience biblically with that? Like, how do I handle that in a biblical way? Uh, just, be, just be open and be generous and be loving and walk in the Spirit, and every situation's going to be different. One person, you're going to feel burdened to, to give them money. Another one, you're going to feel burdened to give them food. Another one, you may feel burdened to not give them anything at all. And okay. I don't think we... I don't think we should happen. be make it so complicated um, in oh. in relationship to 
to how we do it because I, I like to oh. I like to just be open. Sometimes I sometimes I say no. I I, I always keep money in my car or my pocket. Um, I, I'm always open to getting food. We we had a ministry here for a while that put we put packets together and had them in our trunk of a blanket and some survival things and uh, and I I just think if you huh. guard your heart, then out of your heart the Bible says flow the issues of life, and there's no there's no wrong way or right way to serve the homeless or to serve those in need, except to okay. say that if we close our hearts to them, then we've got a problem. Mm. Well, you know, it definitely exposed a heart issue for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I was willing to give, but up to so much. And yes. I was like, oh, that, that's not the heart. I mean, I was convicted immediately. And I knew, like, that's not the spirit that God wanted me to give. So then I, I was kind of like, oh, you know, I apologize. Get whatever you'd like. And, you know. But I, I, um, I also remember, you know, I, you know I, I, it was in First Corinthians somewhere, I think, where Paul was talking about giving. And when, when, he, when he exhorted one church to give in order to help another church, he said, effectively, he says, I'm not asking you to give so that you have nothing. So, you know, the heart of giving isn't that you give everything. So now that we're out taking up a collection for you, it's just, I'm asking you to give. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking you to, to be generous and be open. And, and sometimes generosity is $5. Sometimes it's $50. Um, sometimes yeah. the most generous thing that we can do to someone is nothing. I mean, on many occasions I've, I've encountered a, a homeless person or a person that's on the streets, maybe not even homeless, but drugs uh, got them there and, and they're reeking of alcohol. And I'm not giving them any money. I'm, I, yeah. I mean, that was my background. And so before the Lord, I'm not giving them a dime. Um, I'm going to find some other ways, maybe offer to take them to the, to the homeless shelter or do they have a blanket? And, you know, most of the time, I, I'm, I don't know what your experience has been, but most of the time uh, they refuse anything but money. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've experienced that before. Yeah. And so be it. You know, that's fine. If that's where they're at, that's between them and the Lord. But it's more what your question is, is more of the heart of the matter. And and even as you stepped in to serve, you found out, oh, man, I hope they only do five bucks. I hope they only do 10 bucks. (laughs) And, you know, that's us. That's not that's not that's us. We're that's how we are. But even if they do 20 bucks, whatever, uh, God will replace it. And and you now you learn, you know, that the better way to handle that though would be hey what do you want and let me get it for you and here are your options you know and then be able to be able to communicate with them and take the lead but it sounds like your heart's in the right direction god's just revealing stuff and there's no right or wrong way to give except to say if your heart's all jacked up then that's the problem yeah well amen thank you for that um, my second question is a little bit closer to home. Um, my young one, um, who is now a teenager, is um, in a public school. Um, I can't say that I necessarily enjoy him being there, but it's what I'm able to do uh, yes. right now. And um, with that comes exposure to things that are not necessarily helpful for him and or don't fall in what we uh, learn as uh, God's uh, children. Um, We got to talking. We have a lot of heart-to-hearts where he tells me about his point of view, and I do my very best not to argue with him, but try to guide him towards what God's Word says. We were talking about standards, and I let him know that, you know, regardless of what the standards were in the world, that in our home we were following 
you know, according to God's word, and it's not popular anymore, especially now in this day and age, it's frowned upon to the point where people are often pointing their finger at people who decide to, at Christians, who decide to walk in God's way. Um, But at 14, it's hard for him to accept that. He was telling me that he was angry um, because he doesn't have free access to some of the internet things that other peers in his group are. Um, He was telling me his view on abortion, that uh, Planet Parenthood was a clinic that people needed to go get help and resources, Um, that uh, there were things that, you know, our body and the way that our body is naturally made is that we're naturally inclined to have hormones that are released at a certain time, and if we don't use them when we need to, they're just going to go away. And I tried to counter, like, with not to awaken things before their time and, you know, uh, about, um, you know, about, like, babies being alive and living and God sent and that we shouldn't um, just get rid of them and that um, Planned Parenthood was a part of that process and that though they may have some things there to benefit people as a health checkups, they also do this other thing that's not so great, too. Not so great, but it's, like, just wrong. So I I mean, I don't know how to coach him. Um, uh, you know, I'm asking for prayer on his behalf, and I guess this is not a question. I guess it's a prayer request that he sees uh, God's light and that he's able to, you know, connect with that instead of what his peers, what the world, what everything else around him is saying instead, that he be solidly grounded. And, you know, I also get concerned because he's not a believer, and he's my child. He uh, thinks about things, whether it's scientifically or, you know, like picking things apart, thinking through, like overthinking them, um, debating, you know... I don't want him to have to lead the life or go through things because of denial of God's Word, and or have to live the life of a rebellious person to have to learn. You know, I just, you know, I don't I, I God's Word tells us not to worry, so I know that God has him and that he loves him more than me, but I just would like for him to... to be saved and practice God's word in his life, uh, you know, miraculously. Every, every mom's desire, you know, you have something uh, in your son's life that the world doesn't have, that the devil doesn't have. uh, And that, that is the maternal love of a mom. And, and that's a powerful, powerful force that God himself created. And you, you are the closest person to him, whether he ever admits it or not, whether he ever acknowledges it or not, uh, by design, by God's design, you are you, you are the closest human being to him and will be the rest of your life. And so I want to encourage you to know that all the seeds that you're planting, all the love that you're giving, all the patience that you're showing, and even the mistakes, you know, maybe you raise your voice now and then or you make a mistake as a parent. We all do. We all make mistakes. But even then, you're showing him you care. You're showing him that you're not going to just give up. You're not just going to hand him over to this world system. You're not just going to let his mind be shaped by these things. And, and you know, if if he's still talking with you and he's still, even if he's debating with you, you know, any any kind of interaction is good. 
And don't underestimate. You have more power than the teacher. You have more power than the professor. You have more power than the curriculum. Because not only are you a mom, but you're a godly mom. And as you raise your kids in the way that they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. Now, it is challenging. Um, you know, it's challenging for us as parents. It's worse now than it was when you and I were kids. And yeah. the technology and the craziness of in-your-face, uh, the the homosexuality, the radical transgender craziness of identity and everybody's looking for an identity you know and everyone's looking for um association and you know it sounds like you it sounds like you might even be i don't want to uh, i'm let me ask are you a single parent um no his father and i are married but his father is also not saced i'm the okay. only one in the family I must that's have missed that. so you are kind of double um, duty for the spiritual were, part i'm sorry I said you're 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 doing it double duty for the spiritual side of your home too, and uh, and it feels like you're going against yeah. the tide. But the Holy Spirit's with you; He's using you. You don't stop, don't back down. But 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 really, even pray, like even pray, God, use my motherly love to penetrate my son's heart, because the Holy yeah. Spirit can do that work to penetrate his heart spiritually, and you as a mom can penetrate his heart physically. And it's almost like you and the Spirit are a team ministering love to your kids. And you know, my my parents love me. They didn't pay the kind of attention to me like you're paying to your son. And I, I, I lived a real jacked up life and I made a lot of bad decisions and did a lot of bad things. But God got me. Yeah. And if God can get me, Amen. he can get your boy. Amen. Yeah, I think about so. it all the time. When I, It was rough when he was younger, you know. Um, yeah. I had to learn a lot of things about how to parent before yes. we could get to the point that we're at now. And um, I do my very best not to, like, I shouldn't say do my very best. Um, I try not to carry that because um, I know that sometimes when you don't know and that God is forgiven and, you know, that he, again, I know that he loves him, my son, way more than I ever could. That's true. So, yeah. Okay. Well, let's pray because we're coming up on the end of the show. Oh, okay. uh, Father, we right. we do we do pray for the kids. Um, you know, in in this young man in particular, that just in between two worlds, and and just really drawn to the attractiveness of this world system and the philosophy of this world and the. And really, it's so much of it is is not pleasing to you, God, this world and the way the yeah. world thinks. And, and yet, Lord, you've put a godly mom in his life. And we just know the history of the power of a godly mom in the hands of a powerful God. And would you encourage my sister as she pours into her boy and loves her husband and is just sometimes feels so alone, like oh, so up against the uh, the ways of... You know, yeah. it's like like she's not making any progress, like it's not really happening, and 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 I I pray that you'd encourage her, and that she would be strengthened, mm-hmm. and she'd be built up, and that you would have your way with her, and and that that even after she hangs up, she'd just be reminded, God, that what you've begun, you're going to finish, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's just the way it is. You you promised, uh, he who began a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. uh, and so we pray that you would remind her of your finishing complete work, that we're in a marathon, not a sprint, and it's it's a long way to the finish line. And uh, we're, we're just going to trust you and rely upon you and commit our kids to you. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for your prayer. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. I think uh, some of the things you shared and uh, resonate with a lot of people listening in. So I'm glad that you were open and vulnerable with the things going on. So thanks for calling. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take good care. Bye. All right. Well, another show has ended. We're coming up with about a minute left. Uh, come to church this weekend. Um, we're going to be sharing a message of vision for our church uh, here at Calvary Aurora. We have Saturday night service at 6 p.m., Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45, and God is just pouring out His Spirit on our church family here. Unbelievable that we get to be a part of this. Un- unbelievable uh, that, that the Holy Spirit would be so gracious to us. So Calvary Aurora is on Hampton, just east of Tower Road. Uh, there's a Safeway there in the movie tavern on that corner, and then we're right east of there, and across the street from the movie tavern, from that strip mall. Come on out, 6 o'clock. They're, all the services are the same. Uh, we're, we're filling up again. We're praying about maybe another service on Sunday, so pray for us. We just don't have room in the building that we have, and, and we, we're just asking God to give us wisdom on how to use his resources for the kingdom. And pray for Grace FM, would you? When you know, Maybe make it a habit every time you have dinner and you're praying for your food, just say, God, would you please bless Grace FM? Or you guys, you East Coasters, bless Hope FM. And then also ask God to bless your church. Say, God, would you please bless Calvary Chapel? And uh, I I need to develop that habit that I'm asking the Lord to bless Calvary Chapel Aurora even more. And and then the churches in my community. Uh, So grateful to have uh, a fellowship family of Calvary guys, but then also guys um, of all denominations just serving the Lord together, reaching our city. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.